Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. I think meeting is now. I think we're good, Len. All so, right, beautiful. Hey, welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly and our special guest, super recruiter extraordinaire, <laughs> Len Adams. <laughs> welcome, Len. Thank you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, and I can't thank you enough for bringing me on. Uh, as, as I've told my, my sons that are in the business and my daughter, it's always nice to be friendly with competitors. And Jack is just a, a great guy with who I'm, whom I'm happy to become friendly with. So I, I, I thank you for this. And, and Len, no, I appreciate it. I mean, you've been doing this for like, what, 70 years, I think? Yeah, something like that. Like that. Almost, <laughs> almost 50. <laughs> so like 40, no, young. seriously, how long have you been recruiting? Uh, 30, I, came in, I came into the business uh, part-time at the age of 14. So did you really? the, yeah, I really did. I really yeah. did. And I wasn't placing back then, but I guess I'm probably running a desk since I'm, I guess about 18 or 19. So, uh, I guess I have to do the math. What's that? 40, 49 years or something. Amazing. Yeah, it's a long time. Long that is, time. But what and I still you, love it. What made you like at 14? Like how, like there had to be like a family thing. Yeah, it was something? a family. I went to work for a family member and, um, you know, it was a completely different business and in industry then than it is now. I just fell in love with the industry. It just, you know, the whole environment and listen, we're helping people find work. We're helping companies solve problems. And to me, there's nothing more noble than that as a yeah. profession. I mean, you know, I put the money aside. When someone accepts a position and they say, you changed my life, that is priceless. And, you know, that, that's really what keeps us motivated because we, we're having an impact on people's lives. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's how I feel. And sometimes it sounds corny if I say that to people who don't understand what we do. But yeah. there's this intrinsic feeling that you have, as you just mentioned, when you play somebody, especially think about what we do. If someone's miserable where they are, they hate their boss, they're not getting paid fairly, maybe their coworkers are jerks. And we both know, like if you hate your job, you come home, you're miserable. You make your spouse miserable, your kids miserable. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then when you get a new job, you're happy, your family's happy, the hiring manager's happy. It's like, it's a really great feeling. You know, I, I, I tell this story frequently that last year, there was a candidate that I placed almost 38 years ago. And it's funny because I even remember the situation. He had two offers. He had my offer and another offer. And I take a very non-aggressive approach when it comes to offers. I lay everything out and I laid out his offer and my offer. And I told him, do whichever one you want, but here's the plan. And he took my offer. He stayed with that company for 38 years. <laughs> he invited me to his retirement party. That is wild. And he said to me, you changed my life. He said, because the offer you got me was with a company that was so superior. And the other company that he would have gone with had, an, had numerous mergers and layoffs and whatnot. And we had put him with a major regional bank. And he said, I have had a wonderful career. So I can't tell you, you know, I didn't get an annuity on that because I 
placed them once and got paid. See, that's the downside of that business. Yeah, right. We didn't have a continuing annuity. That would be awesome. But he was happy and and, and he spoke about me and and told people about it. And you know what? As I always say, and I, I tell my team and everyone, the money comes. The money comes. Do a good job. Go out with the the approach. You're helping a client. You're helping a candidate. You're doing a good job. You're doing good work. You're going to get paid. The money comes to you. Okay. And you know what? I I really truly believe that. And uh, to your point, it does sound corny. People, you know, clients will say, "Well, why are we paying you X percentage?" Well, you know, we do have a business. I'm not nonprofit. Okay. Parts of 2020 felt like it was nonprofit. But, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> most of me. Right. right. Most. <laughs> but. The, the truth is we're in business. Okay. And I never apologize for that, but that's not really the motivating factor. It really is to do a good job. And when a client calls, you know, anybody that knows me will tell you that I get as excited about a job that we're making a dollar or a job we're making a hundred thousand. doesn't matter. It's we're solving a problem. And to me, that's the challenge. And that's what we're all about. You know, you know, it's really interesting you say that because I, I feel the same way. It's, you, you know, you just look at it, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm helping this person. I'm going to help find the job. I'm going to help the company find the right person. And you put everything else aside. And you That's just, right. and I don't know if you feel this way. It's like, then you're in the flow. It's just happening. You know what I mean? You're not even getting, you're not sitting there calculating. We've both seen recruiters who do this. You know, they're calculating, <laughs> right. okay, how much am I going to get for this and this? And they're so focused on that. Like, what are you doing? Just, just focus on the candidate, focus on the job, focus on the interview. And if you do that, it all just comes together. That's right. That's right. And if it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't the right, it wasn't the right situation. Yeah. And that's fine. Okay. And you know, when my team, if they have somebody that turns down a job or they have a fall off for whatever reason, it doesn't happen frequently, but it happens. I tell them, get back on the horse and go on. Forget it. That was yesterday. Just move on. Because if you dwell on it, all you're going to do is, is dwell in your own. You're going to lose your self-confidence. And you'll never accomplish anything. So forget it. It's gone. Move forward. Do two more. That's what you need to do. Because yeah. in this, and that's very applicable to, to job seekers as well. Because I think what happens in recruiting, and uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we're on the same page with this. You, We fail a lot as recruiters. You don't get maybe that job order that you really wanted to from a company you just, just really love and wanted to help. You call people up to tell them about a job. They're like, no, 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 no. This job stinks. I'm never going to work there or, you know, whatever. And you get a lot of failures. Right. But you just learn to brush it off. And you don't take it personal. And you move forward, as Len was saying. And I think the same thing is for job seekers, is that when you interview, particularly now in the pandemic, it's so tough. It's so awful. It's so rude. It's, it's just, it's just kick, you know, the companies don't want to make decisions. And it's very easy to get bummed out and depressed, but it's same thing. You just have to say, okay, this is part of the game. This is what it is. Got to keep moving forward. I saw a posting on LinkedIn this morning. Uh, a recruiter said that they made 114 calls yesterday or whatever. And on the 115th, no, I'm sorry. They made 114 calls on the 112th. They got a yes. And the 113th, they got a yes. Okay. And I always talk about this when I first started, I, I don't know how you started, but I, I cold call, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, and some of my training, they said, you have to get to, you know, 20 no's to get to a yes. And when I was doing my cold calls, when I got to the 19th one and they'd say, no, I'd say, that's great. 
And they say, what do you mean? Oh, my God. They told me the 19th yes. one, the 20th yes. one is going to be a yes. My next call is going to be fantastic. So yes. People thought I was nuts, but I used humor, okay? Because yes. you, know, you have to have fun with what, you, what you're doing, okay? But if you believe that, you keep going, okay? It's, yeah, it's you're going to so, get a no. Uh, you're going to call 30 candidates. They're going to say no. The 31st one may be the right one, and that's fine. You know, that's the persistence. We, we would say that, like, all right, hey, it's okay. You're, you're that closer to yes. That's, say, right. that's it. That that's means right. you're closer. You're closer. And it wasn't BS because you, you knew no. it's like the law of large numbers. You know it's going to happen if you keep trying. You got to believe it. And you right? got to believe it. If you believe it, yeah. right? You know, and what's the old saying? You, you lose, you miss 100% of yeah. the shots you don't take. So if you're not taking the shots, you're not going to find the candidate. Yeah. You're not going to find the, the, the job that's out there. And that holds true to candidates. You know, they apply to 30 jobs, they get 30 rejections, and they go, uh, nobody wants me. Yeah, but maybe it's the 31st one. Maybe it's the 32nd one. You know, it is a job. And I, I always recommend to job seekers, seeking a job is a job. And if you don't, especially if you're out of work, okay, if you don't approach your, your job search that way as a job, you're going to miss the boat. Yeah. You've got to take it seriously. And if you're out of work, that is your full-time job, nine to five. Have a schedule, have a calendar. Have have a plan and know exactly what you're doing and go after it, okay? And and you'll find something, okay? And you know, yes, sometimes it's a difficult market. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Sometimes you have to adjust. Sometimes you have to adjust your comp expectation. Sometimes you have to adjust your your title expectation. But you learn that as you go, not out of desperation, out of reality, right? I have an old saying in an article I wrote once. I said, if you can't lower the bridge, if you can't raise the bridge, lower the water, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to do something. Something has to give. So wait, let's do this because, you know, I love talking shop with people. So we just jump right into it. So they will take a step back and more appropriately introduce Len. And maybe you can tell people, you know, where, you know, your company, what you guys do. Are we so excited? How funny is that, right? You, you know, just to talk and shop. Like I even want to say to you, it, all right, I'm going to interrupt what I was going to do now, but how many times did you stay late, right? You're in the office and you're like, all right, you had a crappy day, nothing worked your way. And you're like, one more call. That's it. You know, and then you do it, it doesn't work. One more call. <laughs> and you keep trying because you're like, you don't want to go home until you just get something positive and, and you'll be there maybe another hour, two hours. Have you done that? Like, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story before I introduce myself. <laughs> Years ago, you know, my firm and the firm I was with, we always do direct hire search and, yeah. and temporary staffing. And I remember was, boy, I remember this so clearly. It has to be about 25 years ago. I was in the office and I'm making calls and it's about 10 to 5. And I remember looking down on my, my call list and I said, should I make one more call or should I, you know, run out? And I go, eh, let me make one more call just for the hell of it. And I called this guy, okay, at a bank. And his, I, I remember his name was Steve. I say, hey, Steve, how you doing? He goes, hey, you know what? Do you do temps? Mm -hmm. I see, I do. He says, I need five people for a project next week. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it was that one more call. And I always say, yeah. if I didn't make that one more call, okay? And I'll give you another very, very quick example. Uh, I was always big on making calls at night. Right. You couldn't reach people during the day. So you call them at night. And that was part of my routine. My my wife knew after seven o'clock I was on the phone again. And I remember I had a job once and um, I called this guy about 730 at night and uh, his name was Bill. And he says, oh, he says, I'm glad you called me. He said, 
I just got a job. I said, oh, that's great. He said, so I'm not available for your situation. He was a pretty senior guy. He said, but he said, I'm starting up a company. He says, I'm going to need to hire a bunch of people at the C level and below. <laughs> I said, okay. He says, could we speak tomorrow? He said, I'll give you my number at the new office and we'll speak. I said, absolutely. 30 people. Nice. 30 full-time hires. Okay. Now I always say, and I, I use this when I train people. If I didn't make that call that night, it was a company that was not on my radar. I would have never known about them. Okay. And the guy just said, I'm so appreciative that you thought of me to call me for this job. I want to work with you. That's fantastic. So, I love it. Anyway, love it. on that You're note, my name Len. is Lynn Adams. You? <laughs> What's your story? What do you do? Here's my story. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, my name is Lynn Adams. I am the CEO and founder of uh, Adams Consulting Group, uh, ACG Resources. We are a uh, recruiting firm that provides executive search, mid-level uh, mid and staff recruiting and temporary staffing across a multitude of industries, not the least of which is banking, insurance, finance, compliance. Uh, we do some luxury goods and a bunch of other things. So we're family business. I have my three adult children in the business and a wonderful team of people that have been with me for a very long time uh, that are like family. I always say I treat my family like staff and my staff like family. So, <laughs> Isn't that the case? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, I'm very fortunate. I have a great team of people. They really, they make me look good. Which isn't is <laughs> so so in, in you've been doing this you said like 40 years huh 40 years over 40 years i've had my firm 19 years uh it'll be 19 years this august uh left the other firm 19 years ago for a variety of reasons and decided i wanted to be on my own and you know started as a deer in the head headlights even after yeah. all those years of doing it you're starting fresh right you have nothing and uh, all i had was my my name and reputation and I was a deer in the headlights, and then one of the people that worked for me, uh, Franca, joined me very quickly, and then we just built from there. So it's been it's been fun. It's a labor of love. It really is. I love the business. I love what we do. Yeah, you kind of have to because there's so many ups and downs, and I think a lot of people really don't understand how recruiters work, and mm -hmm. um, I think there's this misconception that leads to hurt feelings. Because oftentimes people feel a recruiter, their job is to find them a job, but it really isn't that way. So maybe you could explain to people, you know, in terms of, let's say, more contingency related, more, even if it's retained, how, how it kind of works. Sure. So that people sure. can understand in the light bulb goes on like, oh, now I get why, you know, that person was either pushy or why they just kind of blew me off and it puts all the pieces together. Sure, absolutely. Happy, happy to do that. What recruiters are not are career coaches. That's not our business, right? Our job is pure and simple to help companies that have an open position, whether it's at a very senior level, mid-level, low level, or even temporary, fill that hole. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're, you're right on point with that where people say, well, you don't want to help me get a job. I say, no, that's, that's not the point. That's not my role. To help you get a job. Our role is to help our clients. Now we walk a very fine line because we're kind of serving two masters, right? Mm -hmm. We want to help the client find the right person and we want to put the right person in the right position that works for them. So it's not that it's all about just the client, but at the end of the day, our role is to help that client. You know, I've always said when people say to me, you don't want to help me get a job. I have over 200,000 people in my database. 
my dying dream is to have every one of them placed. Okay. Yeah. If, if I could do that, I would die a very happy man. Okay. That we got all those people new jobs, but you know, the reality of it is it's not, it's not going to happen. At least not probably not in my lifetime. <laughs> I have more, more time behind me than in front of me, but uh, that that's not our role. So our role is really to, to serve two masters, not make a bad match, but to make a, a match. We're really brokers. When you come down to it, we get it. We have a need from a client and we're going to help them fill that job by going out to the market and to our database and to our contacts and people we know or don't know or learn, find out about and, and present the opportunity and see if the match works. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't, we go on to the next person. It's like being, a, it's a matchmaker as you're pointing out, right? Yeah, basically you, we're matchmakers. You have to make both sides happy, you know? Exactly. If either one is not happy, it doesn't work. You need the job seeker who's motivated, wants the job, eager to get the job, and the company who wants the candidate, wants their background, and it's really putting it together. And we have to put it together right. So yeah. even though, and you know, people don't understand this, even though the client is paying us, and, and we do have a, a, a responsibility to the client, because at the end of the day, they are writing the check, but we're not going to just put anybody there because it's someone that we think we like that maybe could do the job. They have to be able to do the job. They have to be a cultural fit, a skill fit, you know, a fit all the way through. And if they're not, no matter what we think, we're not going to convince that, that client, and nor should we, yeah. right? Now, having said that, I will tell you there are situations where sometimes we'll send a resume and the client will go, oh, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. And we'll say, you know what, we spoke to them. Trust us on this. Have a conversation. Okay, now... We don't get paid for interviews, okay? But we may really believe, based on our knowledge of what the client tells us they need and our knowledge of that candidate, that maybe they'll be a good fit. And I have to tell you, more often than not, when we've done that, the client has come back and said, you know, I'm glad we spoke to that person. I think you were right. Yeah. So that's where there's got to be a little, little bit of trust. But you can't do that if you really don't believe it. If you really don't believe they're a good fit, you know, you don't want to force someone you know, you don't want to put the, we always call it the round peg in the square hole, right? You want to make the match to make sense because you also want them to be there for a while. You don't want them to be coming back. But the one thing we don't want, and candidates don't understand this and clients, we don't want clients with heavy turnover. People go, oh, that, you must love that client. They turn over people every three weeks. No, no. <laughs> We're not doing anybody any favor, okay? Putting a candidate in that's going to get laid off in, in a month. That's not the kind of client we want. I'm sure you have the same situation, right? We, we <laughs> want to know why is a position open? And if we see a pattern where a position was open three times in a year, what's going on? Yeah. Right. We just had that discussion. Actually, we have a search we're working on and they, it, it's a CFO and they've had three CFOs in nine months. Okay, That's a little there. bit of a warning sign. Okay. And we want to look under the hood yeah. and, you know, we're very blunt. Uh, you know, I think you have to be. And we said to the client, why? What's going on? And he said, I have a problem. He said, I realize what the problem is. We're going to fix it. It's with another staff member. He said, and then we'll, I said, okay, as long as we know what the problem is, but I have to know that you're going to make that change before we put somebody in. Because otherwise we're just, we're booking a fall off. They're not going to last. If you've had three in nine months, there's a problem. Okay. You mm -hmm. couldn't always be making a bad decision. I mean, sometimes companies do, but I doubt that that's the issue. So, um, 
Right, because That's oftentimes, you know, the recruiter, they're aligned with both parties to make it work because absolutely if they put you in a job and you're happy and you're doing well, the odds are that company is going to call the recruiter back and say, hey, you did such a great job placing Len. Hey, Jack, can you get me some more people? Or then right. Len grows in the organization and then he becomes a hiring manager and say, hey, Jack, you know, you did such a good job the way you helped me find this. I want you to do the same thing with others. So it's, it's, it's really where it's the best interest of the recruiter to do right by the candidate, to be, do right by the company, because then it, it just comes back. Them. Absolutely. And we want the referrals. You know, yeah. everybody knows five people. Yeah. So we want them to remember us when one of their friends may be unhappy or may be looking or whatever the situation may be. We want them to refer them back to us. Right. So speaking, uh, referrals, yeah, absolutely. speaking of referrals, I think sometimes another misconception is this, you know, someone will say, hey, Jack, you have to speak to Len. He'll get you. You know, he's a great recruiter. He'll get you placed. And my background may have nothing to do with what you specialize in. And then you'd say, hey, Jack, sorry, I can't really help you because I don't do it. And then I go back to that friend and say, why'd you send me to him? He's not helping me. And they don't understand right. that with recruiters sometimes, tell me if you agree with this or not, because people have different opinions. I think personally for me, I find it helpful to really just focus on a couple of things and know what you're doing. You know, it could be one, two, three, four things, five, whatever. But like, if you're placing like every sector under the sun, it's hard to really know all those areas. And that if you get in touch with a recruiter and you're a tax accountant, you really want to find a tax accountant recruiter who really knows the game. I mean, what do you think? I, you know, I have a different opinion on that. <laughs> I, I used to be, we used to be very focused in, in, in specialty areas mm -hmm. and we still are to some extent, but we've broadened it out as we've expanded our team. So we're very client focused. So, we, and we get a lot of clients that come, come to us that are outside of things we've done. And uh, we'll assess it and say, yeah, I think we could do that. And you know what? We only take it on if we feel we can and we really haven't failed. So um, I don't know that I need to be an expert in everything. I need to, my team needs to know how to recruit, where to find people. Okay. And again, I, I'm, I'm big on stories. I, I had a call. About eight or nine years ago, I had a call, a referral to a Euro, from a European company that was in a luxury eyewear business, okay? Now, the only thing I know about luxury eyewear is what <laughs> I wear, yeah. okay? And they were looking for CEO, and uh, they came to me, and it was a good referral, and I said, let me, let me talk, talk to you. So I met with them, it's pre-COVID, and uh, they said, so tell us about your experience in the luxury eyewear business. <laughs> I said, absolutely none. <laughs> that's well, a great I, way to start yeah, no. absolutely none i said do you want to know about my experience in recruiting i'll tell you that and we had a really nice meeting we spent probably an hour together and uh they said all right we, we want to think about it and okay and about three days later they called me they said can we meet again i said absolutely we met again they said here's our our challenge we have a firm in europe that knows the industry but they don't know the states and we have you who knows the states, <laughs> right. but you don't know the industry. They said, we want to try you. I said, okay, no problem. We went on retainer, okay? And within a month, we had filled the position. That's great. Okay. We learned, you know, you learn how to read the requirements, figured out where, the, where to look for sources, and, and we filled it. And we sat in on the interviews, okay? 
because they were from overseas. So we wanted to make sure they didn't say the wrong things or ask the wrong questions. And I'll tell you, it's nine years later. I know the person is still there doing great, building the company. So I kind of disagree with you. I think if you have, you know, a good firm could sometimes stretch a little bit. I, I like to stretch. That's just kind of the way we operate. And since I've expanded the team, we, we do that. So we'll take on stuff that's completely outside of things we've done. But to your other point about the referrals, you know what? We don't discourage the referrals because we, we'll, re, we'll talk to everybody and we'll give them some advice. I'll have, you know, have one of my team members spend a few minutes with them as a courtesy, maybe give them some advice on who else they could talk to or make a referral. So, you know, for me, that's just good for the market because they may know someone else. So I, I have a different, different kind of approach in the way we handle things. Now, what would you suggest for job seekers, if, like a do's and don'ts for getting in touch with recruiters? Okay, and, that, anything that you like to hear from them or don't want to hear from them or what, what should they do? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Okay. So I guess on initial, if, you know, if you can get referred to someone, that's always great because, you know, we, I, I know for us personally, let me back into this for yeah. a second. Okay. You know, how do we process resumes that come in? or calls that come in. So they're really in, in three tranches. The first are the resumes that are an absolute match for something we're working on. Obviously, we're gonna jump on those right away. The second are those that they may not match an exact position we have, but they're in an area where we know we see positions and maybe something's coming up, so we wanna to get to know them. The third are the ones that are referred to us because we like to be nice to people, okay? We, you know, we can't spend a lot of time but we'll, we'll react to those. And then the fourth are everything else that comes in. And I'm sure you probably have the same thing as we, we, we probably see 200 plus resumes a day coming through. So that's why if you can get a referral to someone, okay, and maybe they can refer you to someone else, that's always a warm way in, yeah. all right? Uh, what I suggest people don't do, don't send your resume every two days. I mean, <laughs> I have candidates and I, I see it. They, they apply to everything, whether they're, whether they're good for it or not. And all they're doing is, is mucking up the system. You know, they're, they're just getting multiple resumes coming in. You're not accomplishing anything. You know, I, I, I use a statement when I do some speaking outside. I would say recruiters are creative by nature, all right? We'll try to make the match. We'll figure out a way where we can use somebody, a way to find someone. But we can't create. You know, mm -hmm. if, if there's no job, there's no job, okay? I, I remember getting a complaint from a candidate a couple of years ago. He said, oh, you have my resume for six months. I haven't heard from you. You haven't called me about any jobs. I said, okay, have you seen anything posted by us? Because we pu push everything out. No. I said, how many recruiters are you with? 40. <laughs> how many have called you? None. Okay. Does that tell you something? <laughs> okay. Maybe what you do is not in demand. Maybe you need to rethink what you do or the types of jobs you could look at because obviously what you're looking for doesn't exist anymore. You know, I always use the stupid example if you're a switchboard operator, mm -hmm. you're gonna be out of work a long time, yeah. right? So those jobs don't exist anymore. You know, can, I, can I highlight what you say and amplify sure. it? Because yeah, you're right. What happens is this, you're, you know, as a recruiter, oftentimes you're handcuffed to what jobs you have so that- absolutely. You know, if somebody, you, you could have the best, smartest, most awesomest candidate in the world, but if you don't have a job at that particular time, there's not a lot you could do. Could you maybe 
like some recruiters do this. I've never really worked this way, but some recruiters do this. They'll take the resume and then try to kind of just circle it around and hope someone will bite. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't like That's not that. my style. No, uh, me neither. But, me neither. We're busy enough trying that, to find people for the jobs we have. Yeah. So it's hard. So like, and that's where I think it becomes this kind of ill feeling sometimes because they're like, well, why, why are you helping me? It's like, I don't have, you, you know, some jobs, like you could put a gun to my head and say, if you don't find me this job, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm in trouble. Cause like you can't, I don't know. Let's say it's in the, I don't know, fashion industry. I have no connections. I don't know yeah. anybody. I don't have any job orders. I've never had a right. job order there. I don't know what to do. Right. And, I mean, not right. that I don't think you're great. I just can't help right now. Right now. Can I, can I move you into something else in another yeah. industry? Maybe if you have the, the right skills, you know, some, some industries just won't take anybody from outside their industry. Well, you know what? Some, let's, let's speak about may. that too. Yeah. Let me think about, because that's another thing where I, I find people get so frustrated is that there's this narrative that people will say articles, news articles will say, Hey, if your industry isn't doing so well, you know, transition to somewhere else. And they make it sound like it's easy. So job seekers say, oh, okay. But to me, I think it's really hard. Almost sometimes almost impossible to do. And that leaves people feeling angry and frustrated. Like, At the well, recruiter. Taking that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I try to tell candidates when, when, we, when we're working on a position and they hear about it and they say, what about me? Okay, we say, okay, have you done this? No. <laughs> have you done this? No. Have you done this? Yes. But there, okay, yeah. the client is giving us a set of specs. Uh, these are the must-haves. They want somebody yes. coming out of a bank. They want somebody coming out of, you know, an audit area. They want somebody doing this. Yes, you may have been in risk, and you may have been on Wall Street, but Wall Street and bank, they're not exactly the same, at least from the viewpoint of our client. Now, it's not up to me to convince them. It's up to me to show them what they're looking for. And if they've said to me, I want these four things and I'm unwilling to, to budge on them, okay? I, I, I can't risk tip pissing off my client, excuse my French, and saying, but I really think you should see this person. It, you know, well, what do they have of the four? One. Okay. They're, they're not an 80% candidate. They're a 25% candidate. And, you know, we take the approach. We always tell clients, you can't hold out for a 100% candidate all the time because I, I don't know if you agree with me. That's just unrealistic. But if you get an 85 or a 90% candidate, you have a pretty good shot with someone if they have all the other things that they need. Yeah. Right. To build upon your point, Lynn, yes, because what happens is this. And because people, you know, like when you get advice, sometimes I, I, it just drives me nuts because it's well intentioned. And they, people give advice who have no idea what they're talking about. And then, so the job seeker is like, wait, everyone's telling me I could just take the skills and move somewhere else. Like, and so they feel it's easy, but it's not because for recruiters, the company's going to me and Len and saying, or Len and I, whatever it's the right English, they'll go to us and say, hey guys, we need you. And they give a laundry list of like 12 different items and we got to tick them off because right. if we don't, they're going to say, hey, Len, Jack, if you're not doing it, we don't need you. Why are we paying you guys a fee? If you can't deliver, we're going to go to somebody else. So we need to have that exact thing. And they don't want to hear from us. Well, you know, Jane only has half of one of the ingredients that you're looking for in the 12, but she's really awesome. They're going to be like, dude, what are you doing, Jack? Come on. Right, what's wrong with right. you? You know, we need, we need, you know what we need. <laughs> right. What are we paying you for? We Absolutely. know what you need. And I think Absolutely. that's, 
And that I think also is like, it creates this loggerheads where people get frustrated because on one hand they're being told, hey, don't worry, you go out there and you're awesome. So you'll get that job, but it doesn't really work that way. Now, to be fair, it could, if maybe you're not going through a recruiter because they're not paying a fee. So maybe, or maybe you do have your sector like you're an accountant somewhere and maybe a lot of it could cross over to something different. So there are times you could do it, but it's not, yeah, it's not easy to make impossible. It it's not impossible, right. but it, it is a little bit outside yeah. the norm. And you know, and my, my take on people that give advice, you know, we always have the job seeker or the candidate that we're, we're talking to and they, somebody told me I'm worth $20,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. That's, and I say, okay, yeah, have yeah. they gotten you an offer for $20,000 more? No. Okay. So yeah. then that advice is really not, too, too good. It's, it's hurtful, right? It's like, really, <laughs> right. It's so like, they give yeah, me a bad just, advice. Oh my God. It's, it's terrible. Cause then they plant the seed that, yeah, you should be getting 20,000 more. And now they believe it. Cause Joe Schmo said you can get 20,000 more, even though Joe Schmo doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. And now you're going to lo lose out on a good offer because you're trusting that person who has no idea. Where it may be a reasonable offer. You know, oh I don't know about God. you, but I, I always tell clients and candidates alike. Okay. I always use this line. And you can steal it if you want, but you can just credit me with it. I say there are three numbers in a search. There's the number the client thinks they want to pay. There's the number the candidates think they want. And then there's the number that the market dictates, right? And what do I mean by that? If we go out into the market and you talk to 30 people in a particular position or a particular sector, and every single one of them says they're looking for 80,000, just to use a number. Mm -hmm. 80,000 is the right number. Now, if the client is telling you, I want to pay 60, well, okay. Now, given that set of circumstances, here's the requirements you're looking for. And I've spoken to 30 people and every single one of them tells me they're looking for 80. There's a disconnect. Yeah. Now, either 30 people are completely off the mark, okay, or I've shot too high or your number is too low, okay? So either we have to reduce the experience level or take a skill out that may and allow us to look for somebody a little bit less expensive or you need to come up. Okay, that's what I mean by the market number. And those numbers are always accurate, right? I'm sure you know that. You talk to 10 people, 15 people, you get a good sense. Unfortunately, really we can't yeah. ask what they're, what they're making anymore, but you, you get a sense. We, you know, look, guys like Jack and myself, we're around a long time. You know, when someone tells you they've got three years experience and looking for 250,000, <laughs> you know what, guy, you're gonna be out of work. You're, you're gonna be in your job a long time. You, you know, <laughs> we know what the market is. It is true because you find out so much information by talking to people. You know, um, I'm still old school that, you know, pick up the phone and talk to people, not just, you know, texting. And right. Yeah, you're right. If you speak to 10 people, you know, you get a consensus of really what's happening. You kind of know, all right, right. this is the deal. And, and also you learn about what people think about the company in question too. You know, you'll get this two people like, no. when I first started recruiting, this would get, get me freaked out. You know, I talked to him, oh, you'll never place anyone at that firm. Oh, that firm's terrible. And then I go back at a time. I don't know if you ever know Peter Gay. He's the guy who actually- Absolutely. Taft personnel. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. And he would say, don't, they all say that, don't worry. Because I would be like, what, is there something wrong with this company? What's going on? And you're always going to get that. But then you have two people on the other end who are like, oh my God, this is a great company. This is fantastic. And then right. you have in between where you get a little bit of it. And when you put it together, you get, all right, this is where the company really stands. This is how people feel about it. Here's how much people, as you would point out, how much they make. And then you're like, okay. 
And that's value that recruiters offer because then you have that market intelligence, not something in some book somewhere or, you know, one of those studies that's right. never usually right. Like these they're studies right. that you use, never right. Or your friends who tell you they're never right. But like, you, you, you know, you're hitting the pavement. So, you know, you're talking to these people. You brought up a really interesting point, too, about, oh, I don't want to go to that company. My friend told me they're horrible. Okay. There's an old saying, one man's bread is exactly. another man's poison. Right. Exactly. So that person may have known somebody that had a bad experience. Maybe they had a bad experience. Maybe they weren't a good fit. Make your own decision. Right. You know, how many people to use a stupid example, dated one girl. It didn't work out. And their best friend married them. And, you know, they married for 45 years. So, you know, the first marriage, the first date wasn't good, but the, yeah. the other one was right. But I always tell people if people are telling you that, what's what's the alternative? Right. Make your own decision. I had this discussion with one of my one of my recruiters the other day. Uh, we let somebody go last year for the first time in a long time for a number of reasons. And um, my my recruiter was talking to a candidate who said, oh, I don't want to go to that company because I've heard bad things. And I said to my recruiter, if you ask X who left us their opinion of us, they're going to give you a far different opinion <laughs> yeah. than the people that are working here for 20 yeah. years. Right. And the people that are with me for 15 years and, and whatever. So, you know, you got to put things into perspective. You don't know what, what the reason for that negativity is and the source. So, you know, make your own decision. I always tell candidates, don't listen to what other people tell you. Evaluate, look at it, talk yourself, make your own decision. Because you may be passing something that could be really good or it might be really terrible, but know for yourself. Don't know because someone else told you. That's great advice because, as you said, it could be, Fantastic company, but it just so happens the person you spoke to worked for a boss who is horrible. Absolutely. And it was just a one-off, but the whole company is great, you know, and you're selling yourself short because maybe you could have worked at that great company because everyone else is good except that one person. And maybe that individual was gone now. Exactly. So, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like I, I've seen this pre-COVID and it just gets worse and worse. This whole ghosting, no feedback just kind of rude behavior. Have you, have you seen a progression of that over, I don't, I'd say about last three, four years, something like that? Yeah, yeah. You know what, it happens on three different levels. It happens sometimes on the client side, it happens sometimes on the recruiter side, and it happens many times on the candidate side, where, you know, and here's what I think happens. You, you approach a candidate, they express an interest, you send their resume, and they expressed an interest because they were having a bad day. And then all of a sudden the boss made nice and they feel better about where they are. And all of a sudden they don't want to, they don't want to pursue the interview. What's, what's the problem? People don't like giving bad news. So rather than tell us, look, Jack or Len or whomever, I'm not interested. They just ignore the phone calls. Okay. Which is really disrespectful and doing a disservice to themselves because in, in another six months, they may have another really bad yeah. day and they may want to reach back to us. And you know what? Recruiters are like elephants. We have long memories. Okay. We don't turn people down. You know, 
you know, we're stupid too because we'll probably talk to them again and, I do. and refer their resume. I do. We will. Like, we will. Did you forget? Yeah. All right, maybe I'll play some again. Maybe yeah. I'll play maybe some Maybe he won't ghost me this time. You know, we, we, we're, we're dumb. Okay. But you know what? We're, because we're kind of forgiving and you never know. They're right. They had a bad day. I do that. You know? People think I'm crazy, but I'll do that all the time. i say, yeah. you know what? I'll give the person another shot. Give another shot. Absolutely. We you do know? with clients too, right? Yeah, you know, let's see. They gave us five jobs. We didn't yeah. fill any of them. Uh, this is the sixth one. Maybe this one's going to be the one with, <laughs> that they're yep. serious on, you know? Like I said, we're not recruiters aren't smart. We're not, you know. <laughs> uh, we are smart. Okay, that's why we're in this business. Well, it's a different but, kind of way of looking at it. It's more of an optimistic. It's more of an optimistic yeah. way of saying, "Hey, you know what? This time it could work." And I think you need that. And that's for job seekers too. You have to be an optimist in this business, without a doubt. Because yeah. if not, you just lose the game. But you know what? And that's and this is something we could talk about too. If you like, how the two cross over, like the same thing for job seekers, right? Is that how many job seekers and to be empathetic, you know, after a freaking year of a pandemic and just just doors being slammed in your face, not literal because you're not going to office right, anymore, right. you're not getting callbacks, getting ghosted, not getting feedback. They go into interviews just feeling down, you know, yeah. their, their self-confidence is kind of shot, their self-esteem is down. And it comes through, it comes through on the it phone, comes it comes through. through on Zoom, without a doubt. Yeah. But getting back to ghosting, you know, so candidates will do it because they don't like to give bad news and you know what they really shouldn't it's human nature sometimes on the corporate and recruiter side quite frankly i think it's a completely unacceptable practice yeah, okay yeah. i i know i i tell my cat my client uh, my recruiters you get back to everybody every time even with the bad news and we have systems in place personally where we make sure people have communicated with because I never want to hear anybody say we ghosted them because I just won't accept it. Okay. It's just not the way I like to operate. Clients are another story. You know, you try to tell them we're managing someone's expectation. You know, we've gotten their hopes up, even if it's negative, you got to tell us something. Yeah, something. You know, or if it's going to be another couple of weeks, something went on internally, tell us something. We're big boys and girls. We could take it, you know, and if it is negative, let us know. We, you know, we, we, we accept it. We'll move on. We, you know, there's always another, another job to work, another client to work with. Okay. But you know, don't, don't play games. It's just not, not the right way to do it. It's people's yeah. lives. We're dealing with people's lives and, and, and their, their, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not their personalities, their, their emotions, right? They're waiting, they're waiting for the answer. You know, they sent their resume. They want to know what happened. Well, if it's negative, let's, you know, Rip the Band-Aid off. Tell them. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. Right? It used to be, and you, you can appreciate this, what, like when I first started recruiting, what would happen, let's say you were the HR person. You would say, okay, hey, Jack, so for your candidate, here's what he or she should do. You know, she's meeting, you know, Jane, and Jane loves the New York Giants, the New, New Jersey, you know, or, or whatever, you know, and say, hey, so when you go there, maybe you talk sports a little bit. You know, maybe talk about the Giants and not the Eagles. Right. Um, and then when you interview, oh, hey, the person did well in this, but needs to work on that. And they can incorporate it. You meet other people like, okay, here's what you have to watch out for Steve. Here's what you have to watch out. So then it would really help the job seekers because now they're armed with all this information, not only about the job, but the personalities, the color. I find out now, like you really, it's so hard to get that 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 data that information yeah, well on that for job seekers yeah on that point when you know we'll, we'll send out two or three resumes against the job 
And one of two things happen. Either they say, yes, we want to see them, or we get no. Say, okay, we're based, we sent those resumes right. based on our understanding of your needs and our discussion with those candidates. Now, if we're that far off, you got to tell me. Yeah, how, where, why? How, where, what did wrong. I miss? You know, I don't yeah. think we're that stupid. You know, we know how to read. We know how to look. And if, if it's something we missed, then maybe there's something you're not telling us that we're not seeing. Mm -hmm. That's important to us. Or maybe you just didn't like those resumes. Yeah. And it's the companies they came from. We need to know that because then we can convey that to the candidates, number one. Or they have to change their resume format. Okay, I don't. I never suggest that they change their resume to match a job, but maybe the format wasn't good, or maybe they were too jumpy, and they need to explain it on the resume as to why the moves happened. Maybe the company's closed, and it doesn't show that, and it looks like they were only at some place two years. But if the company closed, it's not their fault that they made that move. So you know, these are things we tell clients: we need to know, we need that feedback. Okay, and the same thing with the with the candidates. We should be ripping apart the resume and finding out, you know, why they left, where they were, how they left, and 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 so on. But you know, I think I may have told you this, Jack, in another conversation we had once before. If I did, stop me. But maybe the the the, the viewers might like this. But someone has asked me with my forty years how the business has changed. Okay, did I tell you this? I don't know. Maybe. So here's how the business has changed. Forty years ago, when I started, we'd get a job in. On a Thursday afternoon, we put by our jobs. By stagecoach, right? By stagecoach or? Like yeah, by stagecoach. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, they used to deliver it. We <laughs> carry a pigeon. Or, we, or we, a telegram. We, or what is those things? The Morse code or something? The Morse code, right, right. We, yeah, we used to do. They, they come on the rock. They were, you know, yeah. the stone. <laughs> we, we get the jobs in. Back then, you know, we used to advertise in the New York Times. You remember that yep. Sunday? We'd have to put the ads in on Thursday. And you had the Sunday. facts, and you you couldn't wait had, to come in on Monday. Oh, we didn't. No, wait, wait, no, no, no. I'm talking pre-facts. Pre-facts, okay. I'm going yeah. way back. I'm going okay. way back, okay. But bear with me, because you understand why I'm, I'm going pre-facts. So we put the jobs in on a Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, people would actually come to the office with their resume. We would interview them. We would then mail their resume to the client. So, and it would take another three, four days to get to the client. And then we'd wait a few days for feedback. So that process was about three weeks, if you think about it, wow. right? At best, it was three weeks by the time you got the job to get the resume and get an interview schedule. Here's what happens now. We get a job in on a Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. By 11 o'clock, we may have two or three resumes because it's in an area that we're really doing a lot of work in. So we know who to go to. We make the calls. Boom. The resumes are emailed over. And then we wait three weeks for feedback. <laughs> so it's so, switch. <laughs> hasn't changed much. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right? Then it's, I, I could visualize it right now. Monday morning, I raced into the office. We had a fax machine and couldn't wait to see the resumes that came in. And then sometimes whoever set up the facts did put that thing to like hold the paper on there. Yes, yeah, so it'll be all over the office. All over the floor. <laughs> and then you got to start putting it together to figure yep. out which. Who's, 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 who's page two went with the page one, right? <laughs> that is so wild. Think yeah. about that now compared to how it is where, you know, you just get someone on their phone is just, you know, sending it over to you and that's it. I gave a talk last week at, at, a, at, a, at a church group. And one of the people asked me, how long shall my resume be? 
And I said, wow, you know what? No one's asked me that in a long time because I don't think it matters anymore. Because you don't in, see it, right? Because you don't see it. You know, you're looking for key words. So yes. nobody cares. And nobody reads the whole resume anyway, right? Yeah. I, do you agree with me? If you don't get my attention in the first third, that's it. Done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. So, so viewers, first third of the resume, get their attention. Make sure your keywords are right there. Okay. That's okay. So, you so know, look at what it. we're doing now, you know, the bullet points, and you scan to like what they did before. And then right. if they're really good, then you're kind of curious. All right, let me look at the rest. Right. But then you read not, it. If you're not sold by the first, you know, two like jobs, yeah, know, it's, 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 it's over. It's yeah. over. So don't bury it in the bottom. Make sure everything is on top. So, yeah. and, and to go back to yeah. what we talked about, where, um, with, 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 when you're going in, you have to, when we talk about recruiters being optimist, optimistic about things, same thing with the job seekers. You have to kind of go in, because if you go in, uh, you know, kind of, you're kind of going knowing they're going to fail. Like if, if you put them to a lie detector and they said, are you going to fail this? Are you going to not do well in the interview? And they say, no, I'm going to pass. You're going to see the light go on, beep, 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 or whatever the thing is. It's going to it come through. You know, some, some people, they almost talk themselves out of the job before they go. Yeah. Because, they, you know, I had five interviews. Uh, I'll just go through this. I don't know. And that's going to come through. You know, mm -hmm. it reminds me, may, may I, 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 I like jokes. I, I'll tell you yeah. a joke, tell you a story about this guy is driving his truck. He gets a flat. He's in the desert, gets a flat tire. And he goes, oh, boy. no, I'm sorry. He runs out of gas. He runs out of gas. Okay. So he's sitting there. And he doesn't have a cell phone. He goes, oh, what am I going to do now? He goes, I know. He says, there was a filling station about three miles back. I'll walk back. I'll get him to come back with his tow truck, tow my car back, tow my truck back, fill up the gas, and then we'll go. He goes, he's probably going to charge me a lot of money. <laughs> I know. I'll walk back. I'll see if he could loan me a gas can to fill up the gas. I'll come back. I'll fill up the, car, the truck. And then I'll bring the gas can back. Eh, why would he do this? He's not going to loan me that gas can. I know. I'll offer to rent it. He's probably going to charge me a ton of money for this. Okay. So he starts walking back and he says, I know. I know what I'll do. I'll get him to drive me back with the gas can, fill up the car, and then go back. But he'll probably charge me a lot of money. Uh, the guy gets himself so worked up. He walks into the gas station, says to the owner, take, take, take your gas can and keep it. I don't want it. <laughs> Okay. He, he worked himself up. He talked himself out of it. Okay. So, and this is what a lot of job seekers do. They talk themselves out of the job before they go, they're probably not going to want me. They're not going to want my experience. And I'll just go through. You have to go in positive, look for the reasons why they should hire you and get that through in the interview. Right. Bottom line, positivity. I know it's easy to say, I know it's so easy long. to say, and you know what, when, especially if you're out of work, or you're miserable where you are and you know, it's, it's weighing on you yeah. and you know, you really want to get out. It, it's, it is sometimes difficult to have that positivity come through because there's so much negativity on your shoulders, but you got to kind of become almost like an actor and say, okay, wipe it off. I'm going to go in with a big smile, sell myself and do the best I can. And after that, you know, then it's really up, up to, up to them. I always say it's up to the gods, but you know, if, if the good recruiting God shines down on you and says, okay, you're right for this job, then, then it's going to work. But you have to go in positive because it, it comes through. It really does. It really does. Even for us as recruiters, when we're, when we're cold calling or calling a client or calling a candidate, right? 
when you call the candidate about a job that you're really not sure of, and you go, yeah, I got this opportunity. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you really want to look at it. Hello? <laughs> what, are you, what are you kidding me? Yeah. Right? Hi. Hi, Len. It's Jack. How are yeah. you? <laughs> How are you doing, yeah. Jack? Nah, I don't feel well. Uh, <laughs> Having a rough day. <laughs> yeah, I stepped in a puddle this morning. My socks are wet. It's like don't air, don't air. Like, right, I gotta go now. Uh, I can't really talk. So right. yeah, it works both ways. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you know what? I, I found out over the years, much to the chagrin of my kids, there's so many life lessons from being a recruiter because it's 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 one of those things where you're just either you know succeeding really well failing miserable learning to cope with the failure <laughs> you're like there's so many things and for job seekers i think what comes across is this one of the things that we talk about it's like the law of large numbers like when you were talking about just making call after call after call and not giving up same thing for job seekers right kind of keep trying and trying and trying even though you don't want to keep doing it even though you're miserable even though you're sick of it even though you're feeling maybe nothing's gonna happen try again try again try again you know, mix it up a little bit, but keep moving forward, right? I have a great line. I always, I always say, it's the next call. Yep. It's the next resume. It's the next call. It's the next email. It's always going to be the next one. And there's always you another one. It's almost like with gamblers, like yeah. for recruiters, yeah. right? Like you're betting on that next, like the next call is like the next card. All right, that next right. card is going to be it. That's it. That's, right. that's my winning hand. But yeah. the same thing for job seekers. That next, you got to have, you got to build in that mindset. Okay, the next one. And if it's not there, then the next one. And the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and keep doing until because then eventually it'll click. Eventually, right? Eventually, absolutely. Well, if you take the mindset, is what happens if I don't make the next call, or don't go on the next interview, or don't send out that resume, or don't send out that email? What's going to happen? Yeah, you don't know, right? Until you do it. So, and if it's a negative, all right. Remember what we said at the top of the show: the next one gets you closer to the yes. So it's that other no. All right. So now the next one may be the yes. Okay. Well, also, but, I find out you have the other extreme too. You know, you have the people come in lacking confidence, but you have people who are way too confident. And it kind of rubs the hiring manager, the interviews the wrong way because they're like, you know, I have 50 years of doing this experience and I'm going to come blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh my God. And you'll be sorry if you don't hire me because you'll never exactly. stay in business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Or yeah. they don't even want to answer the, like, in the interview, they don't want to give full answers because, like, how dare, it's almost like the cover goes, how dare you ask me this? Because look at my resume. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, right. Gosh. <laughs> so, uh, this is person is not going to be easy to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So, you have to kind of go, you have to temper it and be in, in, the, in the middle at some point. You, you know, unless, unless you're, you know, Ben Bernanke, I don't know, uh, somebody who's really, you know, uh, superior in their, in their field, then, you know, then everyone should know them, right? But I wonder too, sometimes I find this out too with, with clients that you could be like phenomenal. You could be awesome, the best at it. But if you're just intolerable, like hard to work with, yeah, yeah, they'll pass. I see a lot of times because they realize, okay, yeah, this person's great at what they do, but oh my gosh. It, do I want to spend it, every day with them? <laughs> yeah. Is it gonna, worth yeah. alienating all the coworkers <laughs> and everybody else, you know? Right. So, all the clients they may cause us yeah. to lose or whatever. Right. You have to believe yeah. it's a, an hour just flew by. Did it really? Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, we said that this morning that it was going to be, it was yeah. going to be a conversation. Look, Jack and I could talk for five hours. <laughs> We've said that anytime we speak, we just, uh, yeah, we just yeah. go on and on and on. Is, but, is there uh, anything that, you know, maybe I didn't ask you or you'd like to offer with, with, with the idea for people who 
maybe some month, maybe two months, three months, six months into the, you know, throughout the pandemic, still looking, maybe worried about losing their job, have lost their job at the end of their rope, you know, kind of last minute fatherly recruiter advice, like, all right, what to do just to get back on the horse and get going. Well, I think you just said it. The, the, the thing is, you have to get back on the horse. Yeah. Look, you know what? Jack and I spoke about this earlier this morning. That we talked about the year in general. And, and look, I'm doing this a long time. And I've been through different horrific things with 9-11 and, and whatnot. This was un, unlike anything I've ever been through in my life. And March, April, May were probably the worst I have ever seen business. Okay. And I came down to my office every single day, same time, left the same time and worked all day and kept my team together and said, you know, let's find things to do. Let's reach out to people, make sure they're okay. Stay in touch with the market. We, we didn't ask for jobs because we knew there were none. Okay. And we said, we're going to ride this through. I don't know. And at that point in March, I don't know if it was going to be a week or a month or six months. I never knew it was going to be this long. But I will tell you, as we got into June, first of all, I expanded my team because I'm a little bit of a contrarian. And I said, OK, everyone else is pulling back. I want to go the other way because everything has a cycle and all the good times, all the bad, all the good times end and all the bad times end. And the trick is trying to trying to time which is which and when it's going to happen. So I, I knew at some point we would come out of the other side of this. So my approach was, let's just keep going as if we go as if everything is normal, even when things are terrible. And as a job seeker, you have to do the same thing. It's always the next call. Okay. Everyone is getting vaccinated now. Hopefully we're going to come out of the other side of this and you'll see opportunities and there's going to be different, different things happening in the, in the marketplace. You've got to be ready. And if you just stop, everything stops. So keep at it, keep going, you know? You, you will get a job. You will get a job. There was, there was, um, there was an old guy. I shouldn't say he's old. He's probably, he was probably younger than me at the time. But there was a guy that owned another, another recruiting firm many years ago. And he used to say, there's a cover for every pot out there. Okay? Unless you're really damaged, you will find a job. You just have to keep looking. Be creative. Be open-minded. Talk to as many people as you can. And just st stick with it and stay at it, okay? Things will happen. Things will happen. That's great advice. Now, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but last question. <laughs> what do you, what do you oh, think? Oh, you're looking at my... Uh, is that <laughs> what do you think is going to happen in terms of... I'm an optimist, so I'm thinking we're going to get through this pandemic maybe this summer, maybe definitely by fall. Without uh, it up. Do you think it's going to be a lot of pent-up demand and all of a sudden things will be really super hot? What, what's your, What do you think? I do. Short of a recession coming, mm -hmm. which we, I think that we may have a little bit, but if you look at a number of different things, first of all, yes, there is pent up demand. We had a client call us about a month ago uh, with a position and we said, how long is the position open? He said, nine months. I said, okay, wait a second. Nine months. What happened? He goes, well, no, what happened was I lost somebody in the middle of the pandemic. He says, and I decided not to fill it. So I put it on hold. He said, so it's open nine months, but we didn't do anything. He said, now we have work piling up. I have to fill that job. I said, ah, okay. So that tells me that if this company was doing it, probably a ton of other companies are doing the same thing. But I do think there's going to be some pent-up demand. You know, 
the market, stock market is, is still doing well. It's going to have its, its ups and downs. If we look at it from a political viewpoint, we have a democratic administration in uh, from our world in compliance. We know the Democrats tend to be much more regulatory driven. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot, uh, a lot of pent up demand on that, because I think a lot of the things that went away under Trump will start to come back and there'll be a lot more fines. There's going to be a lot going on in marijuana related businesses because that's coming up. Uh, crypto and cyber are all going to be hot. So I think in, in that world, I see it. Insurance. You know, insurance doesn't go away, right? People, when there's a pandemic, people don't say, okay, I'm going to cancel my property insurance. Right. They, they still keep their property insurance. They still keep their life insurance. So uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, you know, as, as I started to allude to earlier, March, April, May were terrible. Uh, June, July, August started getting better. Uh, since September, we've been running at full speed. So fantastic. we're busy. I'm, I'm very, very optimistic. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, I'm with you because it just yeah. seems to me that fundamentally, real, all, like we, sh we turned off the switch, but things are still there. So once the switch goes back on, it should just kick in. And I think, yeah. as you pointed out, you have a lot of these companies that were holding off, holding off, holding off, holding off, but they need the help. And then once you know businesses reopen, things start moving again, there's going to be a lot of need for people. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to probably boom. Well, I'll tell you what else is going to happen. And this is my opinion, okay? As businesses come back and some of them start to go back, you're going to have three scenarios. You're going to have companies that will never go back and they're going to keep everybody working from home. You're going to have companies that are going to do hybrid and you're going to have companies like Goldman Sachs that are going to say, I want everybody back. Now, the, the sidebar to that is going to be there are going to be people that either want to stay home and don't want to go back. So they're going to look for those work from home opportunities. You're going to have people that want the hybrid and maybe their companies don't want to do it. And you're going to have people that may not want to go back. Maybe they're afraid. Mm -hmm. Maybe now they've gotten used to having their kids around and not yeah. having to worry about daycare. So that may create holes in some companies where they say, you know what, we want you back. I don't want to come back. Okay. We're going to have to let you go. Okay. All of a sudden that's an open, an open position. So I think if we watch that, that's gonna, I think that's going to create a lot of demand beyond just general market forces with you know, business improving and increasing and whatnot. So as I said, I'm, I'm optimistic. I really am. Well, much more optimistic than I was uh, previously. But I, as, as I analyze it, I don't yeah. think we're wrong. I think uh, you know, maybe we will be. Who knows? Six months from now, Hugh and I may be talking and saying, what the hell are we talking about? But I don't think so. I think, uh, I, th I, I think, think, I think you know, when you're around a long time, I think you, you start to see the signs. You can feel it. You can kind of yeah. feel the change. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much. Len. Where can people find you? What's the best way for? Okay. Well, a couple of different ways. Uh, our main phone number is 212-566-7600. Uh, we have a website, acgresources.com. Uh, my email is lenadams at acgresources.com. I'm happy to uh, speak to anyone anytime to try to help them or pass them on to part of my team, any of my team. But I, I do appreciate it. And Jack, oh. again, I thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. It really oh, was. My pleasure. Thanks. See, this yeah. is great. I really appreciate it because you have literally 40 years of experience to impart. We could, we could have easily been another hour or so. And, Probably. And people need it. You know what? People need it because they're, they're hungry for information. They're stuck at home. They're not with their colleagues. 
they're not with their friends, they don't know what's going on. So I think this kind of thing is so valuable to know, okay, here's what I need to do, here's what I should do, where you shouldn't. And this is from 40 years, ups, downs, in between. So thank you. I think seriously, it was great advice, great guidance, great, great suggestions to people. And definitely, you know, hey, hit him up, hit his team up. You know, if you're looking, he's 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 a genuine, and you can tell from the interview, he's a genuine nice guy. So he's gonna take thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. you very much for being on. It, it was awesome speaking to you, Lynn. And job seekers, check out We Recruiter. Thanks a lot. Well, take care. <laughs> Thank Have you. You're welcome. All right. Take care, Lynn. Bye. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.